From How to Barbecue Right Studios in Hernando, Mississippi, Rooster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. Today is Friday. The 28th, this is the start of a long holiday weekend. But before we kind of talk about what we're going to do this weekend, Matt, uh, this week the Ole Miss girls golf team won the first and only NCAA national champion in Mississippi history. That is correct, Derek. You told me that off air. First NCAA recognized, and I said to you, I said, what about Ole Miss's national championship? Football is not necessarily recognized or what's the word, sponsored or whatever yep. by, the, uh, by the NCAA. So the first ever NCAA championship by a team, any team, in, any the, state team. Of, in the state of Mississippi. Male the, or female, any school. Right. The Ole Miss women's golf team. I don't know if you watched them. They got a chance to watch it. Oh, they were the golf so good. Channel. We watched the uh, – They were really sat good. sat down that afternoon. I got home, watched the last, I don't know, two or three holes. Uh, just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, those girls just said, okay, let's get it on. And those those Oklahoma State girls did not know what hit them because our girls, our girls played really, really well. Yep. And, uh, you know, very proud of them. I mean, that's really pretty neat. Um, like we joke around, you know, Ole Miss football can't make it to Atlanta, but these girls can go on their first time and, and win the national <laughs> title. So pretty pretty darn good. So uh, that was uh, pretty awesome and, you know, beautiful weather and looking forward to the long weekend. And, Derek, you and I are committed, though. We're not – no days off for us. We will have a Tuesday show. Oh, we'll, yeah. No, we're going to yeah. be oh, – working Memorial Day. You we'll know? be working. I'm getting that. We got an Alderman <laughs> meetings coming. We got a preview. The Alderman meetings coming Tuesday. Man, I look, yeah, looking forward to it. Hey, the, I think my favorite thing. Little tease here. Our summer shows are going to be a little bit different uh, because you know not a lot of sports going on. Those type things. So we're going to dive deep a little bit into getting to know Derek and Matt a little bit more and kind of know our personalities. Uh, so Derek and I are going to break down. It's going to be fun, Derek. I hadn't even told you this, what we're going to do. I haven't even told this you. Is for so Tuesday. A surprise. This is a Tuesday show. More homework. More homework no, over the weekend. Not necessarily. Okay. You're going to bring your senior year. Which was what again? 1993. You're going to bring your top five songs from 1993. I'm going to bring my top five songs from 1996. Wow. Talk about Billboard. Billboard, Billboard. top five. Okay. Billboard top okay. five. You're going to bring mine. We're going to break them down. We're going to visit a little bit about that. And we're going to talk about some fun stuff. Talk about some different things. Maybe even um, – <laughs> anyway, we'll go there. <laughs> We won't go there, but hey, we want people to start to know us. We've had several things. Uh, a lot of people have emailed us, Facebook messages. Man, that, we've even got things like, hey, what do y'all look like? All that kind of stuff. So we're working on that, trying to be a little more involved social media wise, uh, start to show those things. Uh, people, you know, starting to grow as listeners, uh, advertisers reaching out to us and those different things. So we just want the people to start to know us a little bit more as, as we, uh, you know, continue to grow an audience well, and, and, and we're, we're still going to hit the news oh, of course, uh, but basically yes. there's not sports in the summer so this yes. will kind of take the the spot of the sports segment of the show right i joked on tuesday that i might start doing push-ups that type stuff well that got voted down yeah that got voted down from our, our forum of people that would what would you want to see so that got voted it's down. a lot so, of grunting <laughs> so it gives us a chance to tell people more our personality and stuff like that but look have a great memorial day weekend really looking forward to uh good weather my mom's actually in town i told you that Derek. my mom came up she's driving my son down to uh louisiana and and he's going with his cousins to uh, universal studios in orlando uh and if, and if universal studios is something you want to go to uh, we have somebody that can help get you there here in just a little while oh, absolutely a little bit absolutely. of a tease there but at this memorial day weekend if you're interested in looking around desoto county looking around the mid-south of places to live if hernando is where you want to live or anywhere in desoto county now's the perfect time to reach out to our 2021 presenting sponsor team couch of birch realty group team couch has possesses over 65 years of combined real estate experience they are the number one team for well over a decade in desoto county whether you are buying or selling a home team couch is your team 
They are ranked nationally as a top-performing real estate team. They've recently been voted DeSoto County's best realtors for the fourth time. They are offering a free, no-obligation market analysis. Again, that's a free, no-obligation market analysis for your home. Learn about your neighborhood. Learn what's going on within a mile of your home. Learn how much people are listing for, what they're selling for. If you need more information about your home, potentially listing it or buying a home with Brian and Terry, you can call them at 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700. Or find them at teamcouch.com. That's teamcouch.com. I'll continue to say it. Do not go into this very, very hot real estate market alone. You can sell your house by yourself. Don't go on a search for a home by yourself. Now's a great time, the perfect time to use a realtor. Multiple offers on your home, multiple properties, different things like that. Now's the time to call Brian and Terry and their team. Again, 662-449-1700. Derek, I noticed numerous barbecue grills going off, numerous backyard cooking going on all around our house, all around our neighborhood. And if you're interested in cooking more outside, visit our 2021 studio sponsor. The How to Barbecue Right Shop is located right here in Hernando, just 500 yards past Connection Gymnastics on Memphis Street. This store has everything a man needs for barbecue, crawfish, and all other kinds of outdoor home cooking. They have rubs, knives, sauces, cutting boards, thermometers, cast iron, and some of the best high-end smokers on the market. If you've ever seen Malcolm's How to Barbecue Right YouTube videos, you need to stop by and check out his store today. You can call them at 662-912-9947. That's 662-912-9947. But the best thing to do is to stop by the How to Barbecue Right shop located Street, just 500 yards past Connection Gymnastics. Thank you to Brian and Terry for being our presenting sponsors, and thank you to Malcolm and Rochelle for being our 2021 studio sponsor. Like you said, Derek, today is Friday, May 28th, and coming up in the next 10, 11 days, uh, we have an election. We have the general election here in the city of Hernando, and we are honored and glad to share with you guys, share with the podcast listeners, that this show will consist of interviews with Andrew Miller and Jarrett Mashaw. Two gentlemen that are running for the alderman here in the city of Hernando. So Andrew, his interview will be, I had an opportunity to sit down with him uh, for about 30 minutes or so. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed my interview with him. And that'll that'll go first, only because he came in first. And then Derek and Jarrett sat down for an interview later that morning. So his interview will go second. And that those interviews will be coming shortly. So please uh, pay attention to that. Again, alderman seat, Ward 2 here in Hernando coming up soon. We're going to go quickly to our DeSoto County shout-outs. DeSoto County shout-outs happen on Friday. It's positive things, positive, fun, family things a lot of times happening in Hernando or DeSoto County. Give me one. All right, so we have just a couple this week. Um, Not saying there's not much going on, just kind of not much uh, really being announced yet. First is the Sunset on the Square. The Sunset on the Square starts uh, before our show next Friday. Correct. Next Thursday night, June 3rd. From 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. right here on the historic uh, Hernando Courthouse Square. The band that night is the Amber McCain Band. The Amber McCain Band will kick off the 2021 Sunset on the Square. This was canceled last year, obviously, for COVID. Uh, it was canceled in June. I think it was actually bumped to September, then had to uh, cancel it also September. So it's been two years since we've had this. Really looking forward to it. Uh, hopefully, you know, the weather, I know the weather's going to be nice this weekend. Let's hope that it, it carries around, you know, for maybe for next Thursday. But really looking forward to it. So if you're in town, if you're around 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. next Thursday night, Sunset on the Square. Absolutely. Going to be a, f- a fantastic time. Hopefully the weather's going to be good next Thursday. Congratulations for the Chamber of Commerce. 
bringing this back. Sunset on the Square is something that people enjoy. Glad to have it back. Looking forward to that next Thursday night. And we're going to continue to update those every week. Uh, Sunset on the Square, if you need more information about it, which bands are coming, I would assume that the Hernando Chamber of Commerce Facebook page definitely has all that information. Hernando Chamber of Commerce Facebook page. Look for, for your list of bands and, there. And they do a good job of also putting flowers around four of the bands listed That's for right, all yes. four Thursdays. Next, the next night, Friday, June 4th, will be the back porch, uh, the First Friday back porch party uh, at the DeSoto Arts Council. So, again, same time, starts at 7 p.m., uh, 7 to 9 p.m., uh, behind the DeSoto Arts Council right there on 51. Wonderful, beautiful back porch, has fans. They're going to set up shop. You can come in off of Memphis Street if you want to, to come that way. And uh, listen, uh, they'll have a uh, just a band playing that night. Uh, again, we're going to actually make a special announcement that night. So, uh, if you want to hear that, if you want to uh, be part of that, 7 to 9 p.m. at the DeSoto Arts Council for their first Friday back porch party. And when you say first, you don't mean they've, they've already had the first Friday of each month. Yeah, first Friday of each month. Okay. Yeah, May yeah. was the first one for this year. <laughs> so the first Friday back porch party for right. June. That, uh, but yeah, it'll be the first Friday first Friday of every month throughout the summer. Gotcha. First Friday back porch party with the DeSoto Arts Council. You mentioned you're going to be working the first hour, you said, because yeah, you are right. a volunteer. You're I'm on the board right. of the DeSoto Arts Council there because a big volunteer here in town. And DeSoto Arts Council, uh, will you be like bartending or something? Oh, splatter paint. Splatter registration. paint. Registration. Oh, registration. <laughs> Come on, man. They Just registration. Look, look, you do not want me anywhere around art paint it's you see my handwriting it's yeah it's terrible yeah so the art is worse it's so, terrible there you go yeah wait all right real quick your brother is a doctor is a I doctor hope, i think he listens to the show so bar big lane little shout out there hey who has the worst handwriting you or him oh bro, uh, it's very similar <laughs> actually very eerily like if we wrote if we wrote like both what my mom and no he has to ask who it's from if we don't sign our name because oh. it, it looks that yeah, it's bad. Yeah, you have probably the worst handwriting I've ever seen. It's, it's so bad. I can never give the notes. But anyway, DeSoto Arts Council next Friday, 7 to 9. Get out there. Small building right there. The old city hall uh, right there off 51. A really good time. The DeSoto Arts Council, a very, just an asset to Hernando for sure. Uh, good luck to those men and women involved in that. What's the next one? And the last one uh, for that we'll announce this week is the Hernando Movie Night. Yeah, and uh, real quick, Derek, we screwed this up. We messed it up. We screwed I, I this up, it up big time. I, I assumed, and I, I announced it. I'll take credit. I assumed. It would be at the Renaissance Park, which is where it was sure. last year, which right. it where it won an award. You know, okay, well, this is going to pull back out. Everybody drive in again. No, change that. Then we'll change that. Well, but, but change it for a good purpose. It's going to be at the Milton Kirkendall Track and Fitness Park, yeah. which is currently in the process of being cleaned out. Absolutely. Uh, the drainage is being improved. It looks great. So I think this might be kind of a way for the city to showcase that park and get more people, you know, understanding that it's there, going down there. So I don't have, again, the, the drive-in definitely worked last year, but I don't have a problem, you know, bringing people closer yeah. together and to watch the movie. Right. And again, the Kirkendall Field is where the DeSoto County Schools, the DeSoto County Administration Office, right there down the hill on the old track, the old middle school, I guess even high school football. It was a high school football yeah, field. Yeah, high school football field there. If you used to enjoy working out in private uh, with all the yeah. trees around <laughs> Look, please go by. Please go by the old track. If you haven't uh, gone down there in a while, go look at the old track. It is almost unrecognizable. So cleared out, cleaned out. If you used to just enjoy walking around the track by yourself, not you know letting people see you get back in shape, uh, those days those days are done. Yeah, if if they improve that lighting out there, it would be like you know kind of like a UFO landing. Just absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it is going to be bright if they got those lights fixed. Because yeah, they wiped out all the trees yeah. on Vaden Road uh, around the backside. Uh, again, it looks great. They brought in some riprap, uh, improving the drainage. So it, it's, you know, but you can, yeah, if, you, if you're doing chin-ups on the bar, you will be seen doing chin-ups on the bar. Yeah. I saw a few people hugging some trees and the, 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 the guy just, he just wiped them out. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were, they were trying to stop him taking out trees and he just took his excavator and just said, you know, Hey, look, I've got, I, I, he may get paid by the trees. That's, hey, that's what I'm thinking. Hey, I, 
I didn't, you know, I, I like going out there. Right, I, sure. I do out there. I've done some, you know, some track work out there as part of workouts before, and I enjoyed seeing it. They yeah. probably could have kept some of those trees, but, mm. you know, it's just easier just to wipe them all down. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're gone. Yeah. I think they may have paid an arborist uh, to show up that day, and he got sick, <laughs> and they just went to, they just went to tear it out. It looks, it really does look good, though. The white rock, it's really going to be pretty. So if you haven't been past the old track lately, cruise down there with the sun shining, cruise down there and check it out. It really, really looks good, uh, the old track down there. I think they were putting out the new uh, kind of not pine straw but what's that the workout thing or the oh the, like the, the rubberized correct you know, yes yeah, the yeah. The sawdust rubber. and stuff like right, that yeah right. that's what they're putting out so they're doing looks really good movie night june 19th hernando uh parks and recreation putting that on they are playing aladdin aladdin now are they doing the live action aladdin or the yeah, original i don't have that I, I, it's I'm, a live action when i've seen the poster it's, it's a live yeah, action, it's a live action. Okay. Should be a fun family night, June 19th, coming up. Hernando Parks and Rec putting on the movie night there at the Milton Kirkendall uh, Sports Center, Old Track. Uh, so please get out there and support the Hernando Parks and Rec Commission. As I mentioned moments ago, Andrew Miller and Jarrett Michal, the interviews will be coming up, the Alderman candidates for War Two. But, Derek, before we get there, speaking of Alderman. Lauderdale Insurance Agency, your local state farm provider, is located at 11 West Commerce Street, directly across from the Hernando Post Office. Lauderdale Insurance is owned and operated by Sam Lauderdale, former alderman and local resident of Hernando. His team specializes in insurance for life, home, business, and auto. Mr. Sam encourages you to compare coverage, service, and price, but feels confident Lauderdale Insurance Agency should be your insurance provider. Please call Sam, Sherry, Angie, or Jennifer at 662-429-5213. Again, 662-429-5213. Or find them on Facebook at Lauderdale Insurance Agency. Are you in need of someone to mow your lawn weekly, bi-monthly, monthly? Are you in need of someone for bush hog work, landscaping, mulching, or any kind of outdoor home need? Please reach out to Richard Williams and his team at Williams Services. Williams Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, mulching, landscaping, and more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with any type of outdoor home need, whether that's leaf removal, tree trimming, spring cleaning, gates, fence repair, anything needed outside of your home, please reach out to Richard and his team today at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. Or find Richard on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. That's Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. DeSoto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower with over 60 years of combined dental experience. Dr. Seymour, Dr. Paroli, and Dr. Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments and general dentistry, including implants and implant-supported dentures and Invisalign. DFDC makes use of modern technologies such as digital scanning, intraoral cameras, digital x-ray, and autoclave sterilization. An in-house lab allows your dentist to be fully involved in the process and the end result. The office is designed to provide a safe, comfortable, and relaxing atmosphere for their patients. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with relaxing, personalized dental care. Visit their office today to see the difference or give them a call at 662-429-5239. Again, 662-429-5239. Well, Matt, as you mentioned before, um, this we have our interviews uh, for both candidates for Ward 2. Uh, this is the latest one and the last one that we're doing. Long 
time incumbent versus you know somebody obviously running for the first time uh, now we did have somebody that was technically an incumbent uh, running against uh, a new challenger that would have been award one with natalie but natalie had only been in the position about three months when they did their interviews uh, andrew's been there for you know well over 20 years and a great been done a great job uh and so but again it's a little unusual so the questions that you hear will not be the same every other one with the mayors they were the exact same questions with all the other alderman candidates they were their exact same questions and you know the the Five new ones that had new ones coming in, those were the exact same. Uh, the aldermen at large were the exact same for each other because they were they were uh, incumbent aldermen just running against each other. And then, of course, the mayor. So this is the first one where we've had to – you had your own set of questions. I had my own set of questions. And so it will – it can it could not have been the same questions I asked. So we hope people understand that when they're listening to that. But, Matt, again, you sat down with Andrew Miller uh, early one morning this week. And so we'll go to that interview now excited to be sitting down this morning with andrew miller uh mr miller is the current alderman for war two in the city of fernando uh andrew how you doing doing great just uh thank you again for the opportunity to come today and, and share with you as we get ready for another exciting race here in the city of Hernando on yeah. june 8th this is not your first rodeo no but uh <laughs> each time you know this it's somewhat different each time because the most important thing that we out there representing serving people that's exactly right. I appreciate you saying that for sure. Well, let's circle back again. Alderman for War Two currently Tuesday, June eighth is the general election. That's correct. June eighth, Tuesday, from June seven a.m. to seven p.m. Okay, seven a.m. to seven p.m. Where do the voters for War Two vote? War Two voters will be able to vote at City Hall at four seventy five West Commerce Street in the Fire Department. Okay, in the fire department there on, on Commerce Street. Gotcha. Okay. Well, look, Andrew, you and I spoke a little bit off air. We visited about how long you've been an alderman. Uh, I learned uh, off air that you were born and raised in Hernando. So we'll just kind of start most of the time when we're interviewing someone. We start off with where, you know, where they're from, that type of stuff. We know where you're from. Tell us about growing up in the city of Hernando. Well, during the time I'm, I'm a product of the 50s, I was born in 1951. During that time, most of the birth was either done at home or else in the city of Memphis. I was actually born in Memphis, but I raised, I raised and lived here in Hernando all my life. In Hernando, I have seen the change in Hernando, but one thing we have been able to do is maintain a small hometown atmosphere, even with the tremendous growth that we done had. And I'm a product of the uh, city school system here in Hernando. I graduated from 1989 in what we call Hernando Central High School, which is located on uh, Oak Road Road, which is also in part in Ward 2. So we finished there in 1969 and have two sons. And my wife, all of us, a product of the Hernando High School school system, which is a great system. Seen a lot in, in your time here in Hernando. Uh, let's talk a little bit about being an alderman. What first made you or gave you the desire 20 years ago to want to be an alderman? Well, as you think back, you want to be a service to people. I look at serving as an alderman as a ministry. There again, we, we think back about government itself. Uh, we know that the Board of Aldermen is the le- the legislative branch of the city. And, and by being the legislative branch of city government, we are there to set policy and set rule. And then the mayor being the chief executive is to execute those laws and ordinances that we are passed. Uh, I look at it as an opportunity to serve. And uh, and any time that you involved in anything, we complain about a lot of things. But the most place you can make a difference is getting involved yourself. So I saw early in life the lack of involvement uh, by some people. And I, and I 
felt the desire to be a servitor to the community in which I was raised in. So back in 1989, I offered myself up for candidacy in the city of Hernando in Ward 2. Thanks to God and the people, I was elected for my first term back in 1989. So I got it wrong. So 1989. So you're coming 30 years of service. Well, not necessarily. What happened? Okay. The service is, is, is correct. Uh, at the, during that time, I worked at the Defense Depot Memphis, which was a military sure. installation. Yeah. And we have what we call the Hatch Act. Uh, before everybody ran as independents. And then once you start uh, running as a party, because I worked for the federal government, I was not, well, not that I wasn't allowed to run. I had to make a decision whether to run for office or keep my full-time job. And at that time, uh, I chose to keep my <laughs> full-time job because yeah. I, I was raising a family. So I got out of, uh, after I served, uh, got out of office in 1993, I uh, did not seek re-election because I had to give up my job if I won office. And so I chose not to run in that time. Right, 94, I guess. You chose not to run. Just in 93. Because, in 93, okay. Mm-hmm. And then I went back I went back into office in 2003. The current alderman in that ward, uh, Alderman Hurt, uh, had got remarried and moved out of the ward. I offered myself up for a special election in 2003. Okay, okay. So I've been serving from 2003 up until this current uh, Yeah, 2003 up until now, and then but had a one-term session by choice. You didn't run for re-election because you needed to keep your job there at the Defense Depot. Was that a civil position or was that a military position? You were in the military. It was was civil service. Okay, Uh, I ended up spending 27 years there as a civil servant. That's a really neat place, the Defense Depot. That's going to be right there by the Kellogg's plant off Airways, right? uh, Yes. They stored all kinds of stuff up until when? We closed in uh, September of 1997. We shipped all over the world, all over the United States, anything from medical supply, food, clothing, anything that you think you might need in the military, we supplied that need there at Memphis Defense Depot, Memphis. Yeah, I've, I've looked there, there a couple of times. I've, I've visited there from an office standpoint, uh, looking for office space or whatever. But just, I mean, there's just massive, huge things set up by the U.S. government to just store, like you said, clothes, food, anything. Uh, yeah, we had it. It's pretty amazing, for sure. Yeah. Well, that's a neat story, though. They wouldn't allow you to uh, – you couldn't – you had to make a choice in 1993 yes. to, to stay on with your job, like you said, raising a family. Yes. Uh, I'm assuming the, the city of Alderman seat does not pay as well as the depot well, did. Uh, so. There again, uh, we we made some uh, amazing change. In, in 1989, when we went in an office, we was only meeting once a month. During that time, we have meetings. Sometimes our meetings last to 10 and 11 o'clock at night because – a lot of business had to be taken care sure. of. We decided that we need to uh, change from meeting once a month to twice a month. That's when we started meeting regularly by, uh, they're again, passing ordinance, uh, which is the way you do things. We passed an ordinance that we would meet twice a month on the first and third Tuesday of each month, thereby able to take care of the business of the citizen and also do it in a timely manner. Right. So in that first 10, 89 to 93, from a growth standpoint, I'm new to Hernando. I say new. I've been here for almost 17 years, but you've been here a lot longer than me. In 90, 89 to 93, was there a lot of growth situations there, or did the boom really start in your next term from 03 on? It started late on because during the time when I first went in, we had uh, roughly 2,000 people in the city of Hernando. And so we've seen the, the, the growth really started in the uh, 2000, somewhere in that time frame when you've seen the, the growth in DeSoto County and also in Hernando. Right. 
which presently now we probably around about six. Well, we're somewhere between eighteen and nineteen thousand people currently. Let's visit a little bit about the last twenty years that you as alderman are coming up on twenty years. You as alderman, is there something that you're really proud of over the last eighteen years? Hey, I'm proud to have been a part of this on the city board. Is there anything in particular that you're really proud of? I would think one of the most amazing things that we did as a board. If you think back now and and you look at what's happening on the Mackinville corridor. Well, back when we decided to uh, allow Walmart to come in, uh, there was nothing in that area. And it was very controversial. Uh, Citizen did not, you know, want the big box. But we felt as being good stewards for the city and to bring in, you know, much needed tax revenue in order to keep our tax uh, millage at a, a smaller rate that we brought in Walmart. Now here we are now in 2021. Every, all that growth out there was started after bringing in Walmart. And I'm a firm believer that if we had not brought in Walmart at that time, we wouldn't have the Walgreens there at the corner. Sure. We wouldn't have the, the car dealership. And not only that, we wouldn't even have 269 because all of that spurred growth in that area, even to the houses themselves. Right. So uh, 269 or that exit, Mackinville and 269 exit, uh, maybe was spurred on a little bit by the Commerce uh, Street congestion that began there with 55 and Commerce Street. So all the eastern side growth east of 55, you feel like the last 20 years is something that you're you're, yeah. you're happy to be been a part of. I'm glad to be a part of it because our uh, board of supervisors had been trying to get that exit done for, for years. But there again, everything had the domino effect when everything started happening and all the pieces to the puzzle started falling in place. So I think that that was a exciting time that as serving on the board along with the other automobiles and other leadership in this community that we made some decision that's going to impact this community for years to pass even after we gone. Absolutely. With the high school being out on the east side and Walmart, I mean, Mackinville and, and Commerce is a major intersection for sure. That's definitely something to have been proud to be a part of then, for sure. Uh, then also, we, you know, even build fire station number three out there because uh, there again we had the uh, railroad right down Commerce Street and we wanted to make sure we had fire protection out there for that part of the city. So we, you know, build our Fire station number three out there in that area also. Speaking of railroads, are you as aldermen able to adjust the uh, the time schedule to make the train go? A bit? Well, you know that's <laughs> that's something contrary to what people think. We we have no control over the railroad. Yeah, oh, I can, uh, I can yeah, nothing, no control over the railroad. Definitely a joke, <laughs> but man, I do get a kick. Uh, yeah. It seems like the railroad. We, we have that complaint oh, all gosh. the time. We have that complaint, yeah, but the, uh, the, the railroad definitely knows when I need to get to the other side of the tracks for sure. It, it, they definitely know. And I know it's it's aggravating for the citizen, but if you go through other parts of the state of Mississippi, they would pay a high price if they could have rail traffic Absolutely. in their community. Uh, we, we see it sometimes as a curse, but actually as a blessing sure. that we still have railroad traffic and enough business here to support the railroad oh, stopping sure. in here. Now. So it, it's aggravating, <laughs> but at the same time, it, it helps uh, our business that's located there 
in our industrial park on, on my crack and roll. Absolutely. And I joke around about the train. Actually, I think one interview I want to do really, really bad is I want to talk to I'm, I'm going to go on a live interview with the guy that is runs the train that sits there and goes back and forth while people honk the horns and get all upset with him for an hour or so <laughs> yeah. on Commerce Street. Well, look, same kind of question. I asked you what you were proud of. I asked you something, a big thing you thought you were a part of the last 20 years. What is, is there something in the last 20 years you look back on your time as alderman from, like you said, the second stand, 03 to now? Is there something that you look up and say, man, I wish we could have gotten done? Well, we, we are still uh, – some uh, something that you uh, set out to do, they cannot happen overnight. So you have to be persistent and continue to stay focused on it. Uh, we still want to see with all the growth that we have had in our community. Uh, I'm still an advocate for uh, what I call affordable housing. Uh, we still have that need there for that. We, we got young people that's graduating high school now. We got some that have went off to college and some cannot afford to come back in the community and live because of the cost of living here. And so we still got that void there that we've been that we're trying to work on and, and that's something that had not been accomplished yet, but it's still something that I'm still focused on. Sure. Back in uh back in the early two thousand we made a bond issue and at that time, I set aside, me personally, I set aside, along with the assistant of other aldermen, we set aside $275,000 to build an animal shelter. Well, we have not done that yet. I'm disappointed in that, but we still going to stay focused and get that done because we set that money aside. We knew that $275,000 would not build it, but we wanted to have money set aside to start on that. We got the location and everything. We got the plan uh, Doug Thorne has has uh, redrawn the plan several times for us to try to make it as efficient as possible and trying to reduce the cost to the citizens. So so those type of things that uh, I'm disappointed that hasn't happened yet, but I have not given up because we know it will happen. And well, we again, just got to stay focused. Yeah, and that money's been set aside. I've had yeah. numerous people, just going to keep it very real with you, I've had numerous people over the last six months want to talk about the animal shelter, ask questions about it, just think to themselves, or they say to me out loud, man, that seems like, because they've given money a couple of times. I think we have more than 275. I think we're pushing yeah, we, almost we 600. Yeah, we were set aside right. from the bond right. issue, yes. Right, And so they're like, man, that's a lot of money to spend on an animal shelter. But when it's all said and done, the money's already, quote unquote, set aside, ready to go for the animal shelter. Doug has redrawn some things. Uh, it's I think it's coming together. I feel good about the animal shelter uh, being pushed forward in the next six months. That's just my opinion. Oh, I, I'm, I'm most definitely because I'm a strong advocate for that. And uh, a lot of people ask me, say, how many animals you have? I have zero animals. But if it's a need, if, we, if this community have a need, I'm going to push for that need. Sure. Uh, regardless of whether I have animals or not, we know that there's a need and we need to make sure that that need is met regardless of what it is here in this city. Right. Well, something else to turn the page again to this uh, this campaign, this election that you're currently going. Again, uh, sitting here with Andrew Miller, Ward 2 Alderman, current Ward 2 Alderman. So something that happened around October, November, uh, we talked about it numerous times on our episode or on our show. We talked about the uh, redistricting. So Ward 2 looks different from a line standpoint than it did year, in uh, years past. So you're having to campaign in some different areas that maybe you didn't have to campaign into. How, what's yeah. that been like? Yes, uh, I was very. Uh, I'm gonna be straight up front. I was very disappointed in the redistricting, the way the the maps were drawn. But at the end of the day, it, it, it has passed now. 
And so what we are doing now, we're working within the guidelines that we have been given in that ward. And Ward 2 now is a very is very unique. It's, it's one of the most unique wards in the city of Hernando. And so somebody probably asked, what do you mean by so very unique? As you will look at Ward 2 on a map, it how majority of the oldest part of the city in it. And then at the same time, it has the majority of the nearest district in it. So as I look at this ward, I have to be mindful of the needs in this ward. What I might need in, say, in the, the eastern part of Ward 2, I'm going to need something entirely different in the western part of Ward 2. But all of them have one thing in common that, that all of them going to need, and let's continue to look at our inner structure. We're still going to make sure that we have adequate police and fire protection. Uh, we're still going to make sure that, that public works is, is in those areas. So, But they are very unique and different. So, but, and that's a challenge in itself. And, and so me as an alderman, uh, my platform and all it has been is being a voice of the community that I represent. And so in order to be the voice of the community that you represent, you must be out there in the community. And, and I pride myself of being very active in the city of Hernando. You, you might find me anywhere in this community on a daily basis, on the evening basis, riding the area, walking through the area, trying to determine what's best needed for this ward. Uh, and then also talking with the people because, again, if I'm going to be their voice, I must hear them and know what they are speaking, know what, what their issues are. And sometimes uh, some of the things that they might desire uh, that we might not can do right now, but at least uh, that as being their voice, I can let them know where we are because at the end of the day, everything come back to finances. Uh, presently <laughs> right now, I, 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 I have a budget that's approximately $26.5 million. Uh, so That might sound like a lot, but it's not a lot when you look at uh, – what we call the big four, not putting down walls, but as you look at our budget as compared to, say, Horn Lake, South Haven, Olive Branch, those cities, our budget is, is small compared to theirs because of our revenue stream. So some of the things that our citizens desire and compare us with, we just cannot do. And, and, and we have to be man enough to let our citizens know that we just cannot financially do that and maintain the tax base that that you desire, and that have, that that be troubling sometimes. But sure. but there again, our our fire and police, public service, and everything, uh, we have the lowest crime rate there again of the big four. Right, and that's something to be proud of. No doubt. No, so you're saying, and I I think I know where you're headed, and I, I I do agree with you. A lot of times, the citizen citizens of Hernando. Uh, like you said, they they get a taste of all the things South Haven maybe has, or Olive Branch maybe has, or the soccer fields that South Haven has, or the baseball fields that they have. But they really like that low tax rate, or to be the lowest taxes in the state in the the county. Uh, but they they want the amenities that come with the bigger cities of a, like a South Haven or something like that that has so much more revenue coming in flooding into the uh, for lack of a better word flooding into the bank than the city of Fernando does so is that something that you if you should be elected again for a sixth term is that something from a commerce standpoint do you feel like you're a pro-commerce alderman we de- we desire growth and when I finish said that we desire growth I'm speaking for Andrew Miller now presently now is the way this city is 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 situated financially i'm anti-annexation 
because I think that what we have, we need to support and take care of what we have now. If I'm if I'm elected again, I will maintain the same stance that I have lately that that I will not support no annexation unless they're bringing in tax revenue to offset things. Uh, that's why our growth need to be focused on looking at our existing business, trying to see what we can do as a city to help them increase their business. If they increase their business, going to increase our sale tax. Uh, we got a, a, a excellent person in in jail that's going out trying to recruit businesses to come in here. They're again trying to create their tax base and, and, and grow it. That's what that's what we gotta do. We're in the process of looking at our comprehensive plan, looking at that. When we do get another, you know, planning director, you know, our planning director had an untimely death and we continue to pray for his family. So those type things we're trying to trim streamline the process so we if in a way possible to re- reduce red tape that we can get business up and started, you know, more quickly in a timely manner, but at the same time, keep the status that we want to have here in Hernando. So it's a lot of things that uh, that we'll be working on and continue to work on. There's, there's never no finished project. Sure. We, we should never get complacent. And even though we're doing well in some area, there's always need for improvement. Oh, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, any business or any municipality should always be looking in the mirror, looking at ways to improve, ways to take care of the current citizens, ways to take care of people that want to start a business, own a business here in the town, uh, you know, those type things. So um, something that is pretty neat, this will probably be, I'm, I'm guessing it'll be the most turnover on a board that you've ever been a part of in the last 20 years, or has there been this much turnover on a board? When I came into office in 1989, uh, during that time, we only had five board members. And at that time, three new board members was elected out of five. So I, I would compare this board along with that board of 1989 with the one that would be taking the seat in 2021. But you were a new guy on that 89 board. Yes. Now you're not a new guy. You got, like I said, you're going to be one of the most tenured board members whenever things happen July 1st, when the, the new board comes in July 1st. Tell me, are you excited about that? Is that yeah, something because you look what, it, what it does is that your experience can definitely be a great positive thing. Even with my experience as uh, being on the board six term, uh, during that time, uh, I have I served on the planning commission. Also, during uh, during the time that I was not elected, right. I was appointed to the planning commission, where I served as chairman of the planning commission for several years. There again, have I have a planning background also, along with uh, serving, you know, as alderman. And not only that, uh, I serve uh, on our MMF, our Mississippi Municipal League. Uh, I serve on the board of directors there, so. I bring those, uh, I will still have those contacts and, and those avenues to continue to reach out and not only help myself, but help the uh, the alma that I will be serving with. And, and being that mentor, uh, uh, sharing the good and the bad that, that we went through. We have an excellent training program through our MMA, our Mississippi Municipal League. Uh, that will help guide uh, our newly elected officials. We have a certified course that they can go through to try to help bring them up to speed because until you get there, something that you perceive that you can do, you will find out the law really don't allow you to do. Uh, you think sometimes that you could get things done faster. Right. But there again, it's, uh, 
We want to make sure that we abide by all the statutes and the laws in the state of Mississippi when we do things. And so uh, I bring those things to the table. And at the same time, even though I've been on the board for an extended period of time, I'm always looking for new and better ways of doing things. There again, that's why being active involved, not only in your local community, but trying to be active involved in what's going on in the state in other areas so you can always bring fresh ideas sometimes people think that just because you've been on the board a long time that you stagnant that you set in your way i'm always looking for fresh ideas i'm bringing fresh thoughts and looking at everything with, 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 a, with a new vision i mean right. that and there's nothing else this pandemic has taught us that uh, we cannot continue to do business the same way uh some people don't know. I, I've been pastoring over 25 years. I'm also a pastor. So even even in pastor, uh, I don't do ministry the same way I did five years sure. ago. But I still keep the word of God. That that don't change. But the method that we do do change. And so so it is with uh, city government. Yes, we've been here a long time, but we're still going to follow the guideline. But some of the methods that we've been doing, we might change. Right. And so as being that legislative branch of the city, we're going to make sure that we have laws and ordinances in place that would help guide. Yeah. So okay. so as a city leader, as a city alderman, just like you mentioned, as, a, as being a minister, when you're when you lead a church or you help lead a city, you always got to be looking around the corner. What's what's around yeah. the bend mm-hmm. and, and be able to adapt? Yes. You must always be progressive yeah. in what you do. Well, hey, I appreciate you sitting down, visiting with us and everything. Uh, just again, Andrew Miller, Alderman for Ward 2, June 8th, the general election, June yes. 8th, the general election. Well, before we sign off, Andrew, as I was talking to you off air, you've served with Chip Johnson in the past. You served with Chip for 12 years when he was mayor. Then you served with Tom Ferguson in the last four years. So Chip won the election. Chip will be taken back over on July 1st uh, as the CEO of the city. Are you looking forward to serving with him again? Let me remind, you, uh, remind uh, our listening audience again, we have the executive branch, which the, the mayor will be over. Then we have the legislative branch, which is the board of aldermen, and then the ju- judicial branch. What we're going to be doing as the legislative branch is to set aside policies through our, when I say set aside policies, that's in ordinance and laws, that, that that's the way we do things in the Correct. city. And we will always respect the office of mayor. I had the opportunity, as I said, to serve with uh, our current mayor. I also had the opportunity to serve with uh, Mary Lake Johnson. And the most important thing we all must remember is the office itself. And if we respect the office, then we can respect the people that's in the office. Each one of us have a very unique duty and responsibility as relate to where we serve. Uh, I'm not the executive branch i'm the legislative sure, branch yes so what we're going to do we want to make sure that we do what what we are required to do as as a legislator in order that the executive branch can do what it needs to do we don't run the day-to-day operation of the city contrary to what people think right and so uh if we can focus on that and we're definitely going to support I, I i worked well with with mal ferguson the four years continue to work well with him now uh, we communicate on a weekly basis. I work well with the mayor elect, Mayor Johnson elect. Whoever in that office, as I've been as a legislator for the city and the voice for the community, I would definitely be doing that. Gotcha. And I cannot do that if I do not work well 
with whoever's in the office of the mayor. You're right. The legislative branch can only do so much. The executive yeah. branch can only do so much. But when they work well together, correctly, pulling the rope in the same way, yes. Hernando's going to thrive that's for it. sure. That's Definitely. what it's all about. We got, and that's the that's the most important thing that we need to do. And right now, we, as we speak today, we're working on a major issue today. Uh, we're looking at uh, trying to improve water capacity throughout the community. We just didn't stop. Once the election was, course, we, yes. we continue to move forward and do business. Uh, we, we just made loans and things, tried to make improvement in our parks and recreation department. We just made loans to improve drainage and things like that. So we are still doing business for the city, uh, for the citizen. Yeah. Uh, Right and now, I, as we speak. And Derek and I have watched the YouTube videos, watched the meetings as much as anybody. And you were mentioning just because I've been there a while doesn't mean I need to be stagnant. I'm always looking and, and doing stuff. I can definitely say that you ask as many questions in the meeting, ask different things, uh, uh, you know, want to get stuff done. It's what it seems like for sure. Ask uh, some very good questions there in the meeting. Uh, be be vocal. And that's, that's y'all's time to be that legislative branch you're talking about. But again, it's always an honor to serve in a my whole my whole background is in service. There again, uh, my career and my personal life, uh, my 27 years with the Memphis Depot Memphis, that was service because it served our country through my civilian job. Sure. Even after that, I spent 17 years with the DeSoto County Sheriff Department where I worked as a court builder. There again, serving the community, offering myself up for service. Over 25 years in pastoral, there again, a minister serving the people. Uh, there and right now, after I complete this term, I have over 22 years of service to this community. There it is as a ministry. He's offering myself a service, and that's what I do uh, every day. And so I'm asking to be asking the people in Ward Two to come out and vote for me. That I be continue to be their voice because we came not to be served, but to be a servant. That's biblical. Sure. And, and everything I do, I, I keep Christ at the center of my life. And, and I cannot do it without him. All right. Well, you kind of touched base on it, what I'm going to ask you. If you have somebody who's in War II listener, listening to this episode, listening to this interview, what would you, over a couple of minutes or over as long as you need it to be, what would you say to that listener when it comes to Andrew Miller for Alderman War II? What would you say to them? Uh, first of all, I'll give, them, I'll give them a track that they could go and read about myself. But I said just in the short and in, in some bullet, bullet points that I said, first of all, I offer myself as a service, as a servant to you in this community. Number one, I'll always be available. My number, uh, my cell phone number, probably been passed out through this community more than anybody else. I'm easy to be contacted. You can either call me, stop by my home, email me, and I I will return those calls and, and communicate with you. And and that's what I offer them to war to is being their voice and to look at my track record. That's all. Actually, do do your due diligence, homework. And that's what you want a citizen to do. Don't vote for me just because I've been in the office 22 years, but look at what I've done while I was in that office. It took us around nine years to get safe streets to school, but we never stopped. We continued. Every time we hit a, a, a wall, we continued to do it till we got it done. And that's what I offer myself up there. We might hit some brick wall, but we're going to stay focused until we can get it done. Our animal shelter, park improvement, infrastructure. We're going to stay with it until we get it done. 
Well, I'm going to call you Mr. Miller because my mom may listen to this and she'd be upset if I <laughs> called you anything else. I know I've called you Andrew. I've called you Andrew because you told, well, you told me to call you it's Andrew. It's fine. So. As being a pastor, not hung up on towel. <laughs> right. And I want people to feel comfortable with me. It's Andrew, Mr. Miller, Pastor Miller, Autumn Miller. I answer to all of them because I serve in no role. But I want a person to be comfortable with me as we communicate and talk. Thank you for coming on to the Under the Water Tower podcast. We really appreciate it. When you and I met each other months ago at a Lake Comrade basketball game, a Lake Comrade Hernando basketball game, I had to grab your phone and show you what a podcast was. <laughs> well, so, there again, uh, I, I don't say I'm, at least I'm, I'm learning. Though. I got you. You're learning. And, and uh, thing about it, and when we don't know how to do something, don't be afraid to ask of for course. help. Absolutely. Uh, I spend also, uh, whether people know it or not, uh, along with all my other service, I spent over 32 years of military service. I spent three years in, in Frankfurt, Germany, from 71 to 74. Then I came back here into the city of Hernando, and I joined the National Guard right out on my crack and roll in 1975. Sure. And I served with them until 2003. There again, my whole life has been about service. I have been active involved in this community, like I said, from, from my personal life, to serving uh, in law enforcement, to serving the community as an alderman, and then also my the con- my country. I believe in service, and I believe that I'll be the best voice for the Citizen Award, too. Well, Andrew, we really appreciate your time. Thank you for sitting down this morning with me, visiting about your candidacy, visiting with you about the future of War II, the future of the city of Hernando, and we wish you luck on in the general June election on, yeah, on June 8th. <laughs> and then I, I, and, and the thing I couldn't have done, like I said again, without Christ being the center of my life. And I thank God for a godly wife. Me and my wife, we'll be celebrating 47 years of marriage this year. And uh, she uh, gave me two beautiful sons. Uh, One that you mentioned, uh, uh, Terrence Miller, so I'm calling Coach Miller, uh, that's actually involved in in our middle school, Hernando Middle School on Dilworth Lane, where he's a special education, also a basketball coach. And my youngest son, president now, is with the corporate office of Amazon in Nashville. So God has uh, allowed me to have a great family. And, my, and as I said earlier, all of these are product of the Hernando school system, the Soda County school system, and where they had a great impact on their life. And they took what they learned here and taking it to another level. So there again, we just thank God for having a a, a great godly family uh, that support me in what I do. And that's that's good that, that you have support. As active I'm out in the community and ministry, my family is also very active in their support for me in doing these things. So you would say you and I are sitting here two blessed individuals? Yes. Absolutely. Well, too, too blessed to be stressed. <laughs> I hear you. Andrew, we appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Good luck on June 8th. And we really, really appreciate you coming into the Under the Water Tower podcast. And thank you again for inviting me. Oh, we want to thank uh, Alderman Miller for coming in. Uh, again, spending time with you, Matt. I uh, thought it was a great interview. He had a lot of information. Uh, just really good to kind of hear, you know, kind of where he came from, where the sit, you know, the shape of the city, kind of what he's seen over his years, and just really enjoyed listening to that interview. And so, uh, Matt, comments from you sitting down with him? Just a nice gentleman. Uh, Mr. Mr. Miller and I had a really, you know, 
had a chance to to visit for about ten or fifteen minutes before we got started, and then we had a chance to visit fifteen or twenty minutes afterwards. Uh, he, he you know talked to me about being a pastor uh, for a number of years and stuff, and I, I volunteer with our our youth group there at the church on Wednesday nights. So had a chance to talk about that and visit a little bit about our faith, but uh, thoroughly enjoyed the interview. And again, the UTW podcast is never going to tell tell anyone who to who to vote for. All we can do is give you the facts, give you the voices, their own voices uh, coming on our show, and we really appreciate both Andrew and Jarrett coming on. We certainly do you know Derek I joke all the time every time we interview an alderman my same joke lead into this ad is the same way once you're done with this campaign you may be looking for a vacation and if you're looking for a vacation or help with a vacation now's the time to reach out to Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher with magical destinations of Hernando whether it's that trip to Disney World Universal Studios a national park Gulf Coast trip anywhere across the U.S. or anywhere across the world please reach out to Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher They work to get you the best rates with headache-free planning. Magical Destinations is locally owned and operated right here in Hernando. Give them a call today to start planning your magical getaway. You can reach them at 662-469-6304. That's 662-469-6304. Or look for their Facebook and Instagram pages at Magical Destinations Unlimited. That's Magical Destinations Unlimited on Facebook and Instagram. North Point Christian School experiencing extremely high interest and enrollment activity. To meet the interest, the school will have an open house on Sunday, May 13th at 2 p.m. North Point was just voted DeSoto's Best Middle School and DeSoto's Best High School by the DeSoto Times Tribune. Come and see why they have been voted best. And come see why families in three states, 28 cities, and 41 zip codes continue to make North Point DeSoto County's largest and most desirable Christ-centered college preparatory school. As North Point continues to enroll for 2021-2022, some grades are getting close to capacity. Don't delay. Check out North Point and save your spot today. Contact Sheila Sharon at 662-349-5127. Again, 662-349-5127. Or her email address at sshero-n at ncstrojans.com to register for the June 13th Preview the Point Admissions event. I guess North Point just thought they weren't getting their money's worth by just giving you a phone number. They had to give you the email address. Well, email address for <laughs> S. Sharon at ncstrojans.com. S. Sharon, S. A. Yeah, exactly. So, look, thank you to North Point for being a, an advertiser. We really appreciate it. We will discuss more about North Point in just a minute. But before we get there, since 2001, Green King Spray Services has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush, healthy, weed-free outdoor living spaces. They refuse to settle for the status quo, continuously researching and testing the very latest methods, products, and strategies to ensure your lawn looks better than the other guys. With technicians trained and educated with hours of continuing education and seminars each year, Green King is committed to doing everything they can to make and keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419. That's 662-892-8419. Or visit their website at greenkingspray.com. That's greenkingspray.com. And you know it. If you want it green, call the king. We want to say thank you again to Alderman Miller for coming in with and visiting with us on Tuesday morning. And right after that, Derek had a chance to sit down with Jarrett Michal. Jarrett is the challenger to Andrew there in Ward 2, and we will go to his interview for the Alderman seat of Ward 2 now. Good morning. We want to welcome Jarrett Michal to the UTW podcast. Good morning, Jarrett. Morning, Derek. 
Uh, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, this is kind of a unique race. And so, whereas uh, you just heard from Andrew Miller, Jarrett is a, a newcomer to the Alderman race. And so, this is kind of the, the one of the only races where we have a longtime incumbent uh, and, a, and a new candidate going against each other. So, Jarrett, to start this off, uh, what brought you to Hernando? Initially, my work. I started working in Hernando 15 years ago at a contract medical manufacturer device maker. At the time, it was called CTW. We moved here from South Haven in 2016 after the birth of my daughter to raise our family. We chose Ward 2 specifically for its access to restaurants, shops, and parks. Christian just graduated from Hernando High School, and Merritt attends United Methodist Preschool. Uh, so that's actually the church that Matt and I attend. So um, great preschool. My daughter went there from 3K to 5K and absolutely loved it. You know, you t- kind of mentioned briefly that your work kind of brought you here. What is your work experience up to this point, and, and how would that um, kind of apply to an, the Alderman's position? Well, I'm a, a quality engineer. I work in the quality engineering department. We are required by ISO and the FDA to to uphold the most rigorous quality standards. So basically, we make sure the products we are making are to the standards our customer requires. We are audited, so I'm accustomed to audits, by the FDA and our customers. My skills would be my attention to detail, my worth ethic, and my consistency. Also, I have a part-time job. I coach uh, CrossFit at a local gym here in town, uh, CrossFit Hammer Steel. So I would say my ability to get people to do things they don't think they can do or don't necessarily want to do. There's been a lot, you know, we just got the 2019 audit uh, for the city was just, I guess, approved uh, this past, this last autumn meeting uh, last Tuesday. And, you know, that's, I know that the 2020 is upcoming. So kind of, you know, in the quality control, what are some of the things that are important to you uh, based on the quality control and the audits that you have? Like, you know, what are the things that your auditors come in and look for? And, and how do you think that would apply to the city? Basically, it's to get, we need to have our audits done on a, in a timely manner and on time. But I know there were certain circumstances that, that happened this year with COVID and, and the multiple amounts of audits they had to do. But uh, that would be my goal to get it done on time. Also, do what we say we're going to do. This is your first time to run for an alderman. Is this your first time to run for any public position? Yes, this is my very first time. When you were looking at it and you heard that the, I guess you could start signing up in January of this year, I guess was the earliest uh, you could go ahead and sign up. Uh, when did you start thinking about running for alderman? I've been thinking about it kind of on and off. I really started getting serious when, when I heard that there was a deadline. I, we started talking to it with my talking over with my family and making sure they were okay with it before I decided to do it because they're just a big, as big a part of it as I am. Nicole and, and my daughter and Christian, um, they've come door knocking with me. <laughs> so bringing a four-year-old around with you is pretty fun when oh, you're yeah. trying to talk to people. Well, I mean, sometimes it's an icebreaker too, though. It makes yeah. it kind of easy. It's, they, it's helped pretty much. Because, uh, you know, people love kids and, and it's hard to get mad at somebody coming to your door if you've got a little four-year-old next to you. So it kind of yeah. t- uh, eases that. What, what made you want to run for Alderman? What did you see in the Ward 2 uh, that made you want to run for Alderman? Well, I just want to put a, a rumor to rest that I've, that I've heard while I've been out campaigning that someone had said that I was recruited by somebody in the Republican Party to run against Andrew. I was not recruited by anyone in the Republican Party to run against a 32-year incumbent. That, that was just kind of something funny, and it kind of made me feel a little good that someone would think that I was capable to unseat someone that had been a local politician for that long. Local politics affect our life on a daily basis. The streets we drive on, the water we drink, the parks our kids play at, and our public safety. So number one, my family is the most important thing to me. There's not one aspect of my life that doesn't take them into account. 
We moved to Hernando for that reason. I work in Hernando for that reason. And we chose Ward 2 for that reason. Also, another thing, it's not a, a big deal, but it kind of is a big deal to me. The lack of consideration when new neighborhoods are being built to existing neighborhoods as far as traffic control and through traffic and stop signs and things like that. Because for the longest time, my house was the last house on the street until a new neighborhood came into town and it was like a 10-year 10-year development. So it happened slowly. We didn't notice it all at once. And then when it was finished, I need a stop sign in front of my house. (laughs) You know what I mean? It was that kind of thing. Because cars are zooming by. We're out in the front yard with my daughter, pushing her on the the rope swing. And I'm worried a car is going to come crashing into my my front yard. Uh, What neighborhood is that? I live at the bottom of Magnolia. So right before um, Magnolia Commons. Right, then that you know, we just again represent last Tuesday Alderman's meeting. They just approved another section in there. I believe it's the last section. Uh, Johnny Coleman said I think it's like thirty six lots or so. So again, another thirty six houses coming in, uh, more traffic. Uh, talking about putting the stop signs and stuff in. I think he actually mentioned that. I don't know about the stop signs, but he did mention that about several of the street signs have been stolen. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we're being I, heard that. Uh, st- I don't know if it was by local kids or uh, or other kids, and I would assume it's kids. Hopefully not adults um, that are stealing them. And so uh, you know, always an issue for for neighborhoods. And then probably a pretty important thing to me is um, uh, transparency. That's another reason why I decided to run. Probably about three years ago, a local, a local politician, actually an alderman, reached out to me on Facebook and requested me as a Facebook friend. So at the time, I didn't understand why. I kind of looked in to make sure I wasn't being hacked or anything like that. But I accepted it, and I started to pay attention to local politics because he was posting everything that was going on in the city. So when I decided to run, I reached out to him and asked him why. And he said he really wasn't sure why, you know, because he had so many Facebook friends. But he said, other than the fact that I was a resident of Hernando and he wanted to make me aware of what was going on in Hernando. Um, so that was that kind of impressed me. Um, I want to do this. I want the people to be informed and feel like they can reach out to me if they have any questions or concerns or anything like that. Right. And I guess, that's, you know, it's a big part of the buy in from your family is that, you know, it's going to be. Uh, you know, if you're elected, a lot of late night phone calls and stuff like that, complaining, you know, as you said, stop signs. Uh, I know, you know, you kind of mentioned the, the speed of the traffic going through your neighborhood, uh, just like our neighborhood. Matt and I live on the same street and he moved in. There was nothing there at the end. They cut another neighborhood through. And now, you know, it's like a, a speedway. I'm I'm already going to talk to my new uh, alderman uh, who was elected about speed bumps uh, because of those same similar issues. So I think you'll have a lot of those phone calls. And so you've got to love, you know, you've got to love serving the community and we do appreciate you running. But at the same time, you know, warning those phone calls is a good thing because I'm sure you're going to get them. <laughs> On some of my, my door hangers and stuff that I leave with some of the people I've been talking to, I put my phone number down and Nicole looked at me. She's like, you really going to put your phone number down on there? I said, I said, yeah, I want people to be able to reach out to me and talk. So she thought it was crazy for me to put my phone number down for just to have random strangers call me. But I told her, I was like, that's what I'm signed up for. And I haven't even, I haven't even won yet. So I'm ready for it. So, you know, with your platform of running, you know, what is the number one thing you would change about Hernando? I would want to improve the infrastructure, the roads and the parks, you know, maintain property value, safety. That's kind of my platform. Improve what we have, roads, parks, infrastructure, and then add value. All good things. I think those are you know, several things. People that you know, heard the um, interviews back in February and March. But one thing that we also asked them, what is one thing about Hernando that you would not want to change? Uh, you can't say small town. Uh, everybody says small town. So besides the small town feel of Hernando, what is one thing about Hernando that you would not want to change? 
I've actually been looking forward to this question. <laughs> um, so the support our community gives to the small local businesses in town, local businesses are what make Hernando unique and set us apart from other cities in DeSoto County. They are the heart of the city. Without them, we lose our small town charm that everyone loves about Hernando. I don't know. Did you attend the A-Fair? We did. And it was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I loved every second of it. What time did you go? We went probably around 1130. Oh God. Yeah. Lunch and it time. was, it was, yeah, it was pretty busy. And, it, and like I said, I loved every second of it. Yeah, we I, we went right at the beginning. Took my daughter up there for about forty five minutes, and I was more just wanting to see kind of everybody out there. And I was thinking, okay, I'll get there early, maybe grab a fresh squeeze lemonade and get out of there. A solid five thousand people when I mean it was packed. Uh, I got there, we got there right after nine. I thought it opened at nine. It must have been eight because it was already uh, you know shoulder to shoulder. But could not have been a better scene for Hernando. And I think that's a lot of what you're talking about is supporting small town businesses, vendors. And I think that Hernando does a great job with that. Uh, not only with the A Fair, but every Saturday for the farmers markets with the you know wonderful retail shops we have around the square. So as we have all the candidates, uh, we we'll want to give you kind of a you know two to five minutes to kind of wrap up. You know what's your elevator speech or what the speeches that you're giving when you go door to door to uh, visit with the residents in your ward. What are some of the reasons that they should vote for you uh, based on your platform and what makes you the better candidate? All right. So usually I'll start by introducing myself. So my name is Jarrett Mashaw and I'm running for Alderman Award 2. The most important thing I want you to know about me is how important my family is to me. I want my family to have a, a place where they can make memories that will last a lifetime. I want my kids to have a safe place to grow and learn. I want them to be proud to say they're from Hernando. These are the things that are important to me because I'm currently raising my family in Hernando. I'm running not, not only for my family, but for your family. Hernando is seeing tremendous growth. I want to make sure as we grow, we add value. I want to be part of the future of Hernando and have a say in the direction it's headed to. Now, kind of like a little a PS, I'll add in at the end, you know, my family and I are part of the community. I work in town. We go to church. Obviously, my kids go to school here. We spend countless countless hours at the parks and green spaces. We love the small business and restaurants. We frequent them on a weekly, daily basis. That's pretty much why we love Hernando and why we chose to live here. Well, it's a great platform, and uh, just you know, I'm sure that everybody's appreciative of being able to reach as many doors as possible in your ward. Uh, now, with two weeks left uh, until the election, of course, uh, everybody listening, the election is uh, Tuesday, June the 8th. Uh, that's the second Tuesday. It's usually the first Tuesday in June, but when the Tuesday falls on the 1st, uh, they, they do wait to the, the, the next Tuesday. So uh, Tuesday, June the 8th will be it. So if you're in Ward 2 and you're listening to this, so uh, Jared, tell us what your the final two weeks is going to look like for you uh, on the campaign trail. Uh, it's going to be pretty busy, just knocking on more doors and trying to get people to, to come out and vote. I mean, I know people are pretty pretty burnout from all the elections and the runoffs, but this is this is pretty important to me, and I think it's pretty important to the city of Hernando and Ward 2. So the primary, 332 people voted in the Republican primary. Total voted for me was 269. So not everyone voted for me. 63 people didn't, but I'd like to say those are that that's a pretty good showing. And I'd like to have that many people show again. Um, and then the only other thing, June 5th at 10 a.m. at Conger Park, there will be a Republican rally. I won't be the only candidate featured on there, but I will be the main because basically my race is the only one that, that still counts. Uh, what he means by that, for those of y'all that may be, I guess, new to uh, municipal voting, is that the other ones, all the other candidates, uh, the ones that we had interviewed, all ran on the Rep Republican ticket. 
And so they had defeated, you know, whoever they defeated. Um, they n- don't have a challenger on the uh, independent or the Democratic side. And so their races have been settled. Now they will have to show up and vote for themselves, uh, hopefully, and, uh, and hopefully get a few more votes, you know, so, you know, somebody can't write somebody in, I guess. Uh, but they, you know, they basically have all but locked up the seat, which is, you know, how, it, you know, how they've been treating it. Uh, yours is the only one that actually has uh, two different parties running against each other. You're running as a Republican. Uh, Andrew is running as an independent. And so this is the only general election uh, that has two people comp- campaigning. So uh, as you said, they'll probably use that as the crux uh, of the uh, Republican rally on the 5th. Well, Jared, we really want to appreciate you coming in today. Uh, thank you for your time. Thank you for sitting down uh, with me this morning uh, and looking forward to, you know, just, I guess, in a couple of weeks from now to the, uh, to the election. Uh, as he said, uh, a little over 300 people came out to vote for the primary. You know, we said this for um, the runoff uh, that we had in Ward 6. Don't let 100 people determine uh, your ward. Please come out. If you're in Ward 2 and you're hearing this, uh, we're going to post this on Hernando Happenings. We're going to try to do it, uh, all we can over the next two weeks to advertise. Come out and vote. You know, at 300, 400, that'd be a good number. I think, right, you know, I think the average, if I remember right, was around 550 uh, was the average for the wards uh, in the uh, back during the primary elections. Um, and so I hope that, you know, around four to 500 at least could determine this so it's a good showing. I mean, you don't want just 100 people to determine it. So please, if you're in war to listen to this Jared again thank you for your time and good luck on the campaign trail thank you Derek we want to say thank you from the UTW podcast uh, to Jared with Jared we really appreciate you coming in visiting with Derek talking about your candidacy talk about your vision for the city of Hernando and again we wish both of these gentlemen luck on Tuesday June 8th in the general election that's Tuesday June 8th in the general election we certainly wish them the best and thank both of them for giving their time to us to come on the podcast answer questions discussed uh, sometimes Derek the hardest thing to talk about is yourself I mean, it is it's hard I mean you, you want to try to show yourself in the best light and you know tell the best story about yourself but at the same time seem humble it's, it's sometimes that's kind of a, a you know tight rope to walk sure absolutely and, and you and I've uh, we just I mean come on dude we've done this for 79 episodes now and multiple interviews and stuff and you know we we, we started this podcast we tell people we started this podcast for uh, young people and stuff but we really just started it to hang out and, 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 and well, I'm, I'm hanging out I like <laughs> playing some music Again, good luck to both of those gentlemen. Tuesday, June 8th, in the general election, uh, good luck from the UTW podcast. You know, Derek, it seems like someone's name that we mentioned maybe more than any elected official in the city of Hernando is Miss Gia Matheny. She's not elected, but I'm just saying it seems like we, we, we mentioned her name more than anybody. Gia is the community development director, and she's also the administrator or the director of the Hernando Farmer's Market. The Hernando Farmer's Market brings together the best of local food, artistry, and the agricultural traditions of the Mid-South. It's a place to shop, it's a place to gather, but more importantly, it's a rare chance to experience the simplicity of a Mississippi small town. It is truly a fresh, local experience. Matheny, the community development at 662-449-9092. That's 662-449-9092 for any questions or any needs pertaining to the Hernando Farmer's Market. But let's mention quickly what's going on this weekend's Farmer's Market. Tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. to 1 o'clock, every day from May 1st through October, but the last Saturday is Children's Day. This Saturday will be the first Children's Day of the Hernando Farmer's Market season. There'll be live music. There'll be free book giveaways with Hernando Excel by 5. There will be local artists uh, playing music, doing different things, a lot of activities for the kids. But, Derek, something else they're going to be doing tomorrow, the Army National Guard, Staff Sergeant Jeffrey Brown, will be present at the Hernando Farmer's Market tomorrow. 
grilling hamburgers with Kendall cattle beef on the front side of the DeSoto County Courthouse. If you are a rising junior, rising senior, and you're interested possibly in entering the National Guard, if your son or daughter or granddaughter or someone, a young person you might know, may be interested in the National Guard, now's the perfect time to get out and come meet Staff Sergeant Jeffrey Brown with the National Guard grilling tomorrow at the Hernando Farmer's Market on the front side there at the courthouse where the live music and everything will be. I say it all the time. We may have the best farmer's market in the entire Mid-South. It is very, very good farmer's market. Come out tomorrow, 8 to 1, the Hernando Farmer's Market, Kids Day. See you tomorrow. Well, Matt, we come to the segment of the show, sports. As we mentioned earlier, this um, next week we will not have this segment. Uh, sports is wrapping up today. And the reason it is wrapping up today is because the Tennessee State Tournament, baseball tournament, is over. You know, we'll get to kind of what happened in just a moment. But either way, win or lose for North Point, it would have been over. Uh, it was scheduled from Tuesday through Thursday. It did end yesterday evening. And so we're going to kind of recap uh, the Trojans' week uh, over the last three days. Uh, the only team left playing, of course, in our county was the North Point Trojan baseball team. And in game one of the state tournament, the Trojans fought hard behind the pitching of James Smith and Carson Fox, but came up short in a 7-5 loss. This pushed the Trojans into the loser's bracket, faced regional nemesis A early on Wednesday morning, who had beat them just over a week ago 6-5 to to win the West Regional. In game two of the state championships, the Trojans would get their revenge in an 11-1 five-inning game. Jack Staples went the distance for the Trojans, giving up only four hits, all singles in the lone run. The Trojans were led at the plate in that game by Hudson Brown, who had a two-run homer, James Smith, who added a solo shot, J.B. Williams, who went two for three with two RBIs. That win propelled the Trojans to game three, which took place at 5 p.m. on Wednesday, where the winner would advance to the championship game. This time, the Trojans faced Christian Academy of Knoxville, who had lost 3-1 to one to CPA, the same team that had beaten the Trojans, Earlier that day, senior Garrett Waller took the mound for the Trojans and threw six and one-third innings of excellent pitching, holding CAK to one run on five hits and striking out ten. He came out with one out in the top of the seventh due to a pitch count, and J.B. Williams came in, struggled some, but finally closed out CAK after giving up two runs to give the road Trojans a 7-3. to CAK had been the three-time defending state champions, winning the titles in 2017, 18, and 19, before COVID canceled things last year. Fisher, Connor McNatt, and James Smith each had RBIs, along with Hudson Brown's a second home run of the day, this time a three-run shot. With the win, the Trojans advanced to play CPA again yesterday at 1 p.m. However, the game was postponed until 2 p.m. There, there was a wreck on 840, which is the loop around Nashville. There was a wreck. They were coming from Franklin trying to get to Murfreesboro where the championship was played. Stuck on the interstate for over an hour. Uh, actually got out. If uh, People that are on Twitter actually got out, played, uh, took batting practice on the side of the interstate uh, because they were, they were literally sitting still for an hour. Finally got to the game. Uh, so the game was started at 2 instead of 1. Uh, this was the fir Trojans' first trip to the final game since they won state back in 2009, then known as SBEC. The battle hard, Matt. Uh, they got down early, three to nothing in the first inning. Uh, that the lead then went to five to nothing for CPA uh, as they entered the fourth. But in the top of the fourth, North Point scored three runs. They scored three runs at the top of the fifth to tie the game at six six. The, but the CPA answered with two runs in the bottom of the fifth to go up seven to six. Uh, North Point was held with no scoreless in the top of the sixth. Uh, CPA looked to put it away in the bottom of the six, scoring five runs to take a 12-6 to six lead. North Point came out, Matt, started hitting the ball, a couple hits here and there. Next thing you know, it's 12-8. to eight. 
Bases loaded, uh, two out double, another single. We're now looking at 12 to 11, man on second, because the guy, he was able to get to second uh, with, with the stolen base. Man on second, two outs, fly out to center field at the end of the game. They lost 12 to 11. CPA had 13 hits, North Point 12 hits. Both teams had errors. I did just a, a I guess you call it a heartbreaking loss. They were battling back all game. You know, fortunately, you know, your pitching starts, you, know, you start getting into your bullpen and stuff when you're getting fourth and fifth game of a weekend. Not saying that the bullpen's bad, but I mean, again, you know, it's a very high scoring championship game, 12 to 11. Now, North Point would have had to won this game and another one sure. to get the championship. So CPA does close it out with this game. North Point was led at the plate. Uh, Anthony Zarlingo, he had the, uh, one of those hits in the last inning, had two RBIs. Uh, Jay Ferguson, just a great day, three for four with a home run and four RBIs. Uh, Rob Hayes also uh, had an RBI and scored two runs. So, again, just a great effort by the Trojans. You know, getting a fortune, you know, getting the loser's bracket that first game. Sure. You're having to play four games to their three and uh, just could not quite get it done. But it's a great season by the Trojans, great run. You hold your heads up high, man. You're scoring, you know, come back and score five on the top of the seventh, trying to trying to push it to extras or even win the game outright. Came up a little bit short, but just a great season. Runner-up for the Tennessee Division 2A. And, again, just great job to the Trojans. Oh, no doubt. Coach Kirkpatrick, congratulations to you and your Trojans. Thank you so much for coming on our show several weeks ago to set the scene, set the tone uh, for us as far as what the playoffs look like. And we thoroughly enjoyed cheering you guys on. I mean, man, just getting a chance to play for a state title uh, is just awesome. As we talked about at the beginning of the show, winning a national title at golf, uh, the, the Ole Miss girls. I mean, just have an opportunity to know that you're that close to a championship, nothing to hang your heads about, just a really, really good job. I think, you know, what you say, Derek, 33-9? and nine, They finished like 33-9? Uh, that would be 33-9, 42 games. 33-9. They got to play 42 games in the quote-unquote COVID era. That's just awesome. Congratulations to all the people at North Point. Congratulations to the, uh, you know, administration. Congratulations to the people at the TSSAA, mm -hmm. uh, you know, to, to, for making it happen. Uh, these young people should be playing sports. They got to play sports. Uh, even, uh, you know, even a, a car wreck couldn't keep them out of it. They got That's a chance right. to play. And uh, good luck to those young men, uh, those that are caught, you know, maybe this was their last game. Uh, good luck to them in the future, whatever that looks like. And to the guys coming back, uh, you know, you've had a taste of it and see if you can get back there again. Good luck, Trojans. Derek, when we started this in August, it was a lot. A lot of the the reason behind this was young people. Uh, we are finishing our first sports season. We started with football. We covered a lot of football, a lot of football games. Uh, had some mascot wars and all that kind of stuff. And then fast forward, uh, we talked about basketball. We talked about soccer, girl soccer, boy soccer, and finishing now with the North Point Trojans almost winning the state title. Um, man, what a what an awesome season, sports season for the Desoto County athletes. And I can't wait to do it again uh, sometime in August. We'll be back. Covering her high school sports uh, sometime in August. So, I really, Derek, I really appreciate all your coverage, all your hard work uh, on that, keeping us up to speed. You've looked at Twitter more than you've ever looked at Twitter before. <laughs> <laughs> that is Well, I basically had to join Twitter to do this. So Absolutely. Absolutely. So good job. We really, really appreciate it. Look, if you enjoy our discussions about young people, discussions about high school sports and local things here in Hernando and DeSoto County, please continue to share our show. Share it on Facebook. Share it on Instagram. Share it on Hernando Happenings. Anybody you talk to, hey, ask them, have y'all heard about the UTW podcast? Because we love to add new listeners, add new subscribers, and get people interested in our advertisers and get people interested in our wonderful, amazing small town of Hernando, Mississippi. And if you enjoy what you hear, find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast, on Instagram at UTW Podcast, and on Twitter at UTW Pod. That's Twitter, UTW Pod. Wherever you can hear my voice, please give us a five-star review. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you listen to your podcast, please find the UTW Podcast and give us a five-star review.
As we do each and every show, want to encourage people to listen to our brother podcast, OB Pod. Comes out early Monday mornings. That's OB Pod, covering the eastern side of Desoto County, Center Hill, Olive Branch, and Lewisburg. OB Pod. You can find them anywhere you're listening to our show right now. And also, Derek, before we wrap up, want to remind everybody on our Friday show, we like to remind everyone, please take your family to church, take your kids, take your family to church, Sunday school. Uh, we promise that you will not uh, regret it. If you've been out of church for a while or have not gone back due to COVID or anything like that, all the churches in the local area, especially Hernando, they're open again. Look up their times and services. We really want to encourage you to take your family to church this Sunday. Derek, before we sign off, this Monday has a very special meaning, and I want you to finish with that. Obviously, this Memorial Day weekend, for a lot of us, it's you know it's a day off, a day off on Monday. A lot of y'all will be cooking ribs or hot dogs or hamburgers or you know maybe even shooting fireworks, kind of the, start, the unofficial start to summer. Uh, just also remember that Memorial Day, what it's really for, um, it's, it's you know, not a day of joy. Uh, it, it could be a, you know, it's a day of um, thought. It's a day of prayer. Uh, it's a day of, you know, just remembering those who gave so much for our country. Um, saw a thing where it said that, uh, you know, these are, these are the, the soldiers that were not able to take their uniforms off. Um, you know, some of them, you know, retire. Some of them, you know, decide to hang it up or whatever. Uh, some of them never make it back. But these, you know, they don't, they don't get to take their, their uniforms off. And so just a remembrance of that. Uh, so just, you know, as you're celebrating, I'm not, you know, please hang out with your family. Please get, come together. But at the same time, remember those that have been lost. Uh, if you know, you know, friends or if you have family members that did lose loved ones, reach out to them. Tell them that you're thinking about them, praying about them, because that's what Memorial Day is about. Uh, you know, we, we do have Veterans Day labor, you know, later on. Uh, we'll have uh, Labor Day for all of us workers. But this is the one, you know, that – we should carry a heavy heart because of all the sacrifice that was made for this day. So just remember that uh, as you're going through your festivities this weekend. Derek, very well said. Uh, I couldn't have said it better myself. And uh, thank you, uh, the UTW podcast. We definitely thank the uh, the veterans and, like you said, the those men and women that weren't able to make it home. We definitely salute them, and we thank you for the freedoms that we do have. Derek, we talk all the time about being how, just how blessed we are to live in the United States. And as Derek mentioned, don't forget what Memorial Day is all about. And we look forward to serving you again uh, next time. Well, Derek, if there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower. <laughs>